The following is a hoop ball presentation. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams, and I'm Hunter Jacobs, and you're listening to the Hoop Ball Nets podcast. So we're back with another episode. A lot has happened since we last recorded. Um, so we have a lot to talk about today. Before we get to that, let's just get to the intro. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, everywhere that podcasts are. We usually are. Just look up Brooklyn Nets and we usually come up. Um, make sure you leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes because it really helps us out and it doesn't take that long. It takes like maybe 15 seconds and it really helps us. So make sure you guys go do that. All reviews are getting read on the podcast. So uh, speaking of them, we actually have five new ones, which is by far a record since we started this podcast. So let me get through them. The first one is by Dan B. One, well Dan B. Fifteen Eighty. Um, great report, great report, fun show. Um, five star. Had a blast listening in. We'll keep doing so. Um, I'm pretty sure that's Dan. If you listen to Hootball, anything, you know who Dan is. So shout out to Dan. You Make sure y'all go listen to his podcast, Fantasy NBA Today. You can look it up on iTunes. It has like a thousand reviews, so it's great. The next one is by Miss Nell. I love this show. Also five stars. The hosts are incredible. I love listening to this podcast. I can't wait for the regular season to begin again so we can hear those great, so we can hear those game recaps again. Love y'all. A whole bunch of exclamation points. We love you too. Thank you for listening. We are hyped for the regular season too because the game recaps are, they're like a cheat for us because they give us something to talk about every time. We don't have to like think about things to talk about. And we honestly just like watching the games and doing them. So we can't wait either. The next one is by MBA Mama. It's titled Great Rapport. Um, these guys are so much fun and I love listening to the to the shows. Um, thank you, MBA Mama. We appreciate it. The next one is by Nagura Ross. Amazing. Another five star. I love this show. The hosts have such good chemistry and I truly believe it's the net, the best Nets podcast out there. Um, I really hope me and Hunter do have good chemistry. We, I feel like we do. So thank you for saying that and thank you for loving the show. And once again, thank you for saying we're the best Nets podcast out there. And then the last one is entitled Littest B-Ball Podcast Ever Five Star by Kate. 201x this podcast is the literal reason why i started following the nets i love the energy Najee gives off as well as hunter they are so informative real and engaging don't sleep on these guys they are fantastic probably my favorite review of all the reviews that we have so far because it just compliments us and says all these great things so kate thank you we appreciate everyone that leaves review so like i said make sure y'all go leave one and uh, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets. You can follow me at Nashi Adams underscore on Twitter and Hunter at Hunter underscore JKR. And yeah, that's everything. Make sure you go check out the other HoopBall podcast. And shout out to Dash Radio because we just recently got added to their Nothing But Net uh, station. So make sure you go check that out as well. You can download the Dash Radio app or look them up on Twitter at Dash underscore radio. And so yeah, when you listen to the Nothing But Net uh, station, you'll probably hear us sometimes so that's cool so with all that out of the way let's finally get in 
that's what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to start it off with the Karis LeVert extension. Um, he got extended like right after our last episode, so we didn't get a chance to talk about it. But just to quickly go over it, Karis LeVert, the man, the myth, the legend, the god, he did get extended on his 25th birthday because he is 25 years old. He got a three-year, $52 million extension. And uh, Zach Lowe reported that executives expected them to sign him to an even bigger deal. So I personally feel like if Karis LeVert ends up panning out, this is a steal for the Nets. The Nets have a habit of doing things in advance and wind up turning things into steals. Like getting D'Lo before he became a star, drafting LeVert at 17, now signing him before he blows up. Signing Dinwiddie's extension before he really had the breakout part of his season. They just do a lot of things beforehand that turn out to work out in their favor. Exactly. Um, They signed him before he hit free agency because once he hit free agency, his value would have obviously inflated, as do most. Example, Otto Porter, who got signed to a lucrative contract and... Lavert is likely better than Otto Porter, so exactly when they hit free agency, you really have to pay them like they're some type of superstar, and then you have to really commit to building around them. So not only are the Nets building around Lavert, but they're also not paying him as if he was a, a perennial All Star. I mean, which I'm is not obviously they're steal. building around him because for the length of time that they have him, they also have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Yeah, let me rephrase it: not building around, but he's a piece of their core. Like he's an important piece to what they're trying to build. They really just want Kyrie, Dinwiddie, Lavert, DeAndre Jordan, and KD as their five locked in pieces for the next three plus years. So when I looked at Karis LeVert's deal, I obviously thought it was a steal. And the one that I compared it to, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, who I personally believe that Karis we LeVert had an extensive <laughs> argument about this before. <laughs> Yeah, I personally believe that Karis LeVert is better than Malcolm Brogdon, and he got a four-year, $85 million contract from the Pacers. So, he can be better than him. Yes. Malcolm Brogdon is 26, Karis is 25, for the record. Malcolm Brogdon, on the best record team in the NBA last season, averaged 16 points and joined the 50-40-90 club that is full uh, of <laughs> Pure Hall of Famers because he is a very efficient guard who also is known for his solid perimeter defense. And he he honestly just plays the game better than Karis LeVert right now. Okay, so if you were an NBA GM and Karis LeVert and Malcolm Brogdon came to your doorstep and said, sign me. You can only sign one of us. Which one would you sign? Malcolm Brogdon. You're a fool. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, it's not even a question That's today. insane. Now, this question in a year, and it might be a different answer. You really think, like, you really signed Malcolm Brogdon over Karis LeVert? Yes. That's Malcolm Brogdon wow. is a good NBA player. He is, but Karis LeVert's a better NBA player. Until he proves that he can be that version of himself for an entire season? No. Yes, actually. Yes. Because I just. <laughs> no. <laughs> He was only that version of himself for that beginning stretch of the season. And then he got the playoffs. He got injured. And he was the Nets' best player in the playoffs. For that series? Yes. The only series that they had, maybe? Yes. I know. I'm saying that's one series. That's six games. I want him to do it for all of next season. 
and I'll revisit this question in a year. But if I'm signing something today that I'm confident will be more of a lock to be good, I'm picking Brogdon. You're a fool. So let's make a – can we make a bet? I I guess. Like what what is this based on? Because let's say Lavert averages 18 but shoots 49 – 42%. And then Brogdon averages 15, but shoots 56%. I think Brogdon has a better season. 56%? Malcolm Brogdon? I'm just just saying. Last year, he shot 51%. Okay, no guard shoots 56%. Okay, but let's base it. Let's make a bet that by the end of the season. what, though? That's what I'm saying. The end of the season next year. I don't want to say they have a better season because that's objective, but... I don't want to say scores more points. Yeah, because Levert can score more and still have a worse season. Hmm. Let's see. But you know when someone has a better season. Like, there's... You don't, you don't because we argued for multiple hours about whose season was better between Steph Curry, unanimous MVP, and Russell Westbrook's (laughs) triple-double. I'm on the side of Steph Curry, unanimous MVP. I was on the side of Russell Westbrook. I have since... Join the side of Steph Curry, but you, let me just say in that argument, friendship over in that argument. in that argument, I convinced everyone in that room that I was right. <laughs> That's all I want to say. So technically, I feel like I won the argument. But okay, you can win an argument and still be wrong. I I definitely won. So I, I was I definitely you that the sky is actually a shade of green. And I was go, most. Oh, you know what? It actually is a hint of green. No, it's not. It's blue. I was I was most definitely wrong. I'm willing to admit that. But I just want to say that I was spitting such pure facts that no, everyone not, in that room believed me. You were not spitting facts. <laughs> yes, I was. Okay, but moving on. I, I want to say that I feel like the the contract for Levert was obviously a steal for the Nets, and I feel like he probably could have requested more money, or he could have waited till free agency to get more money. But that's not guaranteed with Levert because let's say he got injured this season again, because he's obviously injury prone. Uh, his value would have significantly dropped, so that's why he took the fifty mil guaranteed. And yeah, let's move on. So Joe Harris is obviously playing in Team USA there in the FIBA World Cup. They are currently 4-0. and oh. um, Through the first four games of the event, he's averaging 8.3 points and 5.5 rebounds in 20 minutes per game. And uh, the 20 minutes is the fifth most on the team. It's ahead of players like Miles Turner, Jalen Brown, and Chris Middleton. And he's really only behind Kemba Walker, Harrison Barnes, Jason Tatum, but that's skewed because he's out now. So... He's playing one of the highest minutes on the team. And there was a game, the overtime game against Turkey, where they won by one, where Joe Harris was in a lineup as a big man. Yep. Him at the end of the game, the crunch time lineup as their power forward center. Yeah, because uh, Pop seems to be playing a lot of small ball right now. Just because who who do they really have? Well, Brooke Lopez and Mason Plumley, or is it Miles? It's definitely Mason, right? Yeah. Brooke Lopez and Mason Plumley. I'd rather have Joe Harris out there at center, too, to be honest. Also, I feel like it throws the international teams off because it's not traditional basketball. So, But, yeah, they're playing a lot of small ball. And uh, Joe Harris is still shooting 44, 54.5% from the field, which is the highest on the team. And he is an extremely efficient player for the record. Exactly. He's shooting 58.3% from three, which is also the highest on the team. So he's the their most efficient player. He's playing more of a role 
on Team USA than I and I feel like most people thought. Um, and I feel like Joe Harris is a Popovich kind of player. Like I can easily see him on the Spurs being a player that Popovich loves, but he just so happens to be on the other black and gray team, the Nets. Um, Donovan is Donovan Mitchell playing the most minutes? Yes. Um, Popovich wanted to make Donovan Mitchell the captain of the team and entrust the leadership duty in him to try and grow him as a player, which I mean, they're four and zero, so I guess it, you could say it's working. But um, he, they're playing a lot worse than Team USA typically does. Put it that way. Yeah. Um, I still feel like they just beat Giannis in Greece today. But I, I, they, they're shooting really bad from three. Joe Harris is really carrying the load. He's like the only person shooting well from three, to be honest. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was definitely like below 35% from three as a team. They're shooting 32.8% as a team. 32.8% from three the as a team. The only other That's person horrible. shooting the ball above the league average is Kemba, who's shooting 40% from three. So, yeah, they really need to pick that up where they might be in danger of losing. But to be completely honest, I don't think anyone thinks that Team USA is not going to win the FIBA World Cup. So, right now, the worst player on the team, it, well, the worst Mason player Plumlee. that you'd expect to be good oh. on the team is definitely Chris Middleton. How? What is he averaging? He's averaging nine points in 19.5 minutes. He's shooting 38% at 31% from three. Yeah, see, remember when people said he was in? Remember he got chosen as an All Star above a and I said Bledsoe should have been picked over him. You remember that? Yes. Yeah, and I remember when he also got chosen over D'Angelo Russell? Crazy. Yeah. But now we're gonna throw it back because a couple episodes ago, I don't know if y'all li- listened or if y'all remember, but if not, make sure you go check out that episode. Actually, there's no point anymore because the actual 2K ratings are out. So a while ago, me and Hunter uh, predicted. What we thought the Nets 2K ratings were going to be, 2K20 ratings were going to be based on like uh, their previous ratings, how they did it in the season, what happened in the offseason, what they think they're going to be this year. And uh, yeah, 2K20 is actually out now. So we're just going to go and uh, see how much we got right, how much we got wrong, starting with Karis LeVert. So what is Karis's overall in 2K? 78. Karis's overall in 2K Which, is 78. Uh, you know, I'm not. As big of a Levert fan as Najee, what I do is, think he's a good player, to be honest. What's Malcolm Brogdon's overall? I believe Najee highly overrates Karras, but I do think he's a good player for the record. Because I know I got crucified last season for how poorly I spoke of Jared Allen and Dudley. We both did. Yes. Dudley really came around. But do you know what Malcolm Brogdon's overall is? Because I'd love to know. I'll find out for you right now. 83. <laughs> In case you wanted to know. It's an 83. <laughs> okay, well, 2K ratings aren't A always... A complete in- 83. <laughs> 2K ratings aren't always indicative of who's actually better as a player. Let's just put that out there. So, Karis... Five is- better. Karis is a 78. Five. On the podcast, Hunter predicted him to be an 80. I predicted him. He wanted to know 83 is the same as Danilo Gallinari, Julius Randle, Lowry Markin, and Bagley, Montrez Harrell, and Kevin Love. Okay. 
What does that mean and to me? Seven Gate is it's not even top one hundred, so I couldn't even tell you. What does that mean to me? Hmm. What does it mean? Brogdon is better. Uh, no. Uh, so Karras is seventy eight. Hunter predicted him to be an eighty. I predicted an eighty one. Till we were both very wrong. And, but uh, not. I would like to add in. There was a sentence Nazi said that was exactly <laughs> as high as eighty four, but no lower than eighty. Okay, I clearly have high hopes for Karras Levert, as all the Nets fans probably listening to this do. So I'm a, I'm a man of the people. Eighty four would put him with John Collins, Kuzma, Lou Will, Jamal Murray, and Buddy Hield. Yeah, he's on that level as far as I'm concerned. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> so moving on to Spencer. On. <laughs> moving on to Spencer Dinwiddie. What is his 2K rating? An 82. Oh, Spencer Dinwiddie's an 82. Hunter predicted he'd be an 81. I predicted, right on the money, of course, an 82. In so, fact, in case you wanted to know, this is one of two or three that Najee got right. He was horribly wrong on quite many of them. <laughs> but this is one that I was horribly right on. So 82, we predicted Spencer Dinwiddie right. Joe Harris, what is Joe Harris? 78, and I'm the one who said it first, and you copied me, so I guess that means I'm right. doesn't matter who said it first. The only thing that matters is me and Hunter both said 78 for Joe Harris, so we were right on the money with that one. Next is DeAndre Jordan, who is a... In 2K20. He is an 80. <laughs> what? He's an 80? No, he's an 82. He's an 82. So in 2K20, DeAndre Jordan is an 82. Hunter and I both predicted him to be 80. So we were two off. Uh, I still feel like he should be an 80. I don't think DeAndre Jordan should be an 82 in 2K. But moving I on. Lied. He's an 81. Sorry. 80, it's fine. 81. We were one off. He'll probably be at 80 by the end of the season, to be honest. So, Jared Allen. What is Jared Allen? 79. That one is crazy. 79 for Jared Allen. Me and Hunter both said 82. I think that Jared Allen is criminally underrated in 2K. They have his dunk at a 75. His standing dunk? Just his dunk rating on the website. It says 75. Got you. Yet DeAndre Jordan does 92. Yeah, okay. You know who else's dunk is a 75? Torian uh, Prince. Okay, so might as well move on to him. What is Torian Prince? A 77. Hunter predicted a 76. I predicted a 78. So we were both one off. Me, one in front. Hunter, one behind. He is a 77. But I think like we're getting them like well within the range. Like we're only like two or three oh, off. I can't wait for this one. <laughs> we're only two. We're only two or three off uh, on each one. Rodion Kuruks. What is he? 75 and we predicted 75 i know boom but i said it first again <laughs> okay and then garrett temple what is he 73 uh hunter predicted 74 me of course the 2k god that i am predicted 73 all right then let's go to nick claxton uh we'll get there when we get there uh theo pinson is actually next up and i got that right we both said 69 and he is indeed a 69. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You said 69? Yeah, I said 69. Okay. I definitely said 69. All right, Jean-On Musa? Jean-On Musa is a, what is he? He is 71. He's a 71? Okay, perfect. Because uh, 
I predicted 69, and Hunter predicted 70, so I was two off. Hunter was one oh, off. I was one off. I'm closer. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Still wrong. Still wrong, buddy. Still wrong. And then let's go to David and Waba. Um, what is his overall 2K? Hunter predicted a 72. I predicted a 71. Uh, Hunter <laughs> was one closer. <laughs> but like I said, we're still getting in the range of things. We're still right there with 2K. Next is Wilson Chandler, who we'll get to in like a couple seconds, actually. Wilson Chandler is a what in 2K20? 75. Hunter said 73. I said 74. Ha, ha, ha. Who's closer? It's me. Moving on to Henry Ellington. Who is a 69? Wow, you're really putting off Nick Claxton, thinking I'm going to forget. Who's a 69? Henry Ellinson. Ellinson. Boom, we both said 69. So with that, that concludes all no, the two. No, 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 no. <laughs> so let's move to Nick Claxton. And I'll do this one myself. I don't even need this. I was going to talk about Wilson Chandler. I think the people want to no, know more. No. So, so about- Nick Claxton is a 72 in 2K, right? I said 71. I was only one off. This man, Najee, starts his, his thing off saying, oh, 65. <laughs> 60, 65. 60. How are you going to give a first-round pick 65? That's insane. So I said that in the last episode, and he's like, you're right. I'll go a flat 70. Still wrong. <laughs> but at least I convinced you to bring it closer. Hey, I didn't think. Nicholas Clacks is a second-round yes, pick, you buddy. Think. You didn't think. I didn't think that they would make a second-round pick uh, 72, but obviously 2K is high on Nicholas Claxton. I mean, I, I'm high on him, too. I just the don't first think. pick of the second round is what he was, and that deserves a 72. He's not bad. I don't think he's bad either. I don't. I just don't know if he's 72 or the but... That's lower than Dang Adele. <laughs> what is Dang Adele? A 67. Oh, good for him. Good for Dang. Um, so moving on to Wilson Chandler, if you didn't know, it really came out of nowhere. Woj just tweeted out of nowhere, boom, dropped a bomb. Wilson Chandler is suspended for 25 games because he tested positive for a drug I don't know how to pronounce, but I'll try. Ipamorelin? Ipamorelin? Something like that. Oh, it's Ipamorelin, but I don't know. Wow, that that's could... probably, you're just a genius because that's probably right. Ipamorelin, we're going to go with that one. It's some sort of PED. Bobby Mark says the suspension will begin, af- will begin after the Nets' fifth game on November 1st, after which the Nets can add a 16th player for the next 25 games ending December 15th. And at that point, the Nets will have to waive a player to get back to 15. It could be Chandler or the player they sign or another player. Um, so Wilson Chandler released a statement. He said, basically, basically apologized to the Nets, the organization, the fans, the front office, the NBA. He said he didn't realize that the substance, Ipam, Ipam, please pronounce it. Ipamoraline. Ipamoraline was, <laughs> he didn't realize that Ipamoraline was a uh, band and neither did his doctor. And I feel like that's what happens in a lot of these cases. Yes, that is the claim a lot of the time. Whether it's true or not, no one knows, but that is often the claim that they don't know. I would be per- – personally, I would be mad at my doctor. Like I feel like that's your that job. That's the It's true. True. I feel like it's the doctor's job to know what's banned and what's not banned so you can control what I'm putting into my body, but whatever. Especially if I'm paying you the amount of money that Wilson Chandler is probably paying his doctor. I would want you to know what's banned and what's not banned. 
But with that being said, the Nets are obviously having a lot of um, trouble when it comes to wings and forwards on their so, roster. Do you think with Chandler's suspension, they should add Mello or Joe Johnson? Um, Mello, I feel like they, they're going to add somebody. Because they're missing Rodion's Karuks, possibly, which we'll get to later. Wilson Chandler and, obviously, KD. Um, I, I don't know if it'll be Melo or Joe Johnson, but if I had to choose one of them, I would choose Melo, to be completely honest. Um, I don't know. I just feel like Melo's Melo. I want Melo to have a chance to get some type of championship. Um, he already has ties to New York, KD, Kyrie, Brooklyn, DeAndre Jordan. Apparently, KD and Kyrie were pushing for the Nets front office to sign him. He said himself he's not done with basketball. He's still passionate. And all the workout videos I've seen, he's been nice, but obviously that's an empty gem most of the time. But he was playing against Julius Randle in a video I saw. He was cooking him. But there's that. And obviously, honestly, Melo knows that it's his last straw. If this doesn't work, he's got no other option. So I feel like he'll be on his best behavior. Kind of like Antonio Brown with the Patriots. He knows that. I feel like he does because if he didn't know before, he definitely knows it now considering he's been... In reality, the last time Melo came out was him saying, I won't be a bench player. I feel like he's been not on an NBA roster for so long. See, before I feel like he didn't know it because he probably thought to himself, I'm Carmelo Anthony. Like someone's going to sign me. It doesn't matter if the Rockets cut me, I'm going to get signed. And now he sees that you being Carmelo Anthony in 2019 doesn't mean anything. So I feel like that was probably a reality shock for him. And he seemed like it was when he talked to Stephen A. Smith in that interview. So I feel like he would, he would know, like if this doesn't work, your NBA career is over. So you better do everything you have. And give everything you have and do everything you can to make sure that this works. So you think they should sign Melo? I don't think they should sign Melo. I think if they were signing Joe Johnson or Melo, if those are my two choices, I'd sign Joe Johnson. I mean, no, I'm completely lying. I'd sign Melo. But you think they should sign Joe Johnson. So, yeah, if you had to pick between the two, you're picking Melo? I'm picking Melo. But you don't think they should sign either of them? No. Do you, who, do, who do you think they should sign? I don't know. I feel like someone like Iman Shumpert would be cool, even though he's not a wing. Well, he is a wing. He can guard the two, the one, the two, and the three. I feel like Iman Shumpert would be a better a better signing for either one of them, over either, either one of them. But I feel like Iman Shumpert is not too focused on basketball right now. So, But if I had to pick someone, I'd probably pick him. I mean, there's still Jamal Crawford and J.R. Smith, too. Yeah, but at least Iman Shumpert plays some type of defense. And he can, he's a decent shooter. He's a 3 and D type of player, obviously. And I don't think he – he doesn't have like a big ego. With JR, you got to worry about ego, mellow ego. J.R. Smith, definitely ego. Jamal Crawford, ego. I said J.R. Smith twice, but there we go. Double the so, ego. Now I'll explain why I think they should sign Joe Johnson. Aside from, you know, the return, the legacy standpoint, he was with the Nets before, he – is more of a misunderstood player than people think. They think because he didn't play in the postseason with the Rockets, that it's because he was it, he was bad and that his career's over. He honestly was not given a chance on that team. He didn't have a role on that team. And then once he proved that he still can play in the big three. Now he'll get interest, and he should. He'll return to the league, whether it's with the Nets or 
someone else. I think he'll probably end up on a team like the Pistons, to be honest. But if he if it was between Melo and Joe Johnson, Joe Johnson also is willing to take a decreased role. He just wants some minutes. He just wants to play. And I feel like Melo would, would take a decreased role too. I really don't know. Last we heard of him, he wanted to start. I mean, I feel like every NBA player wants to start, but if push comes to shove, no, and KD no, he said that he's not playing if he's coming off the bench. That's the last time. That's Melo's- a lie. I feel like if KD and Kyrie said to him, "Yo, we'll sign you, but you're gonna have to come off the bench," he'd be like, "Okay, sign me up." You think that would be the same thing for Russ and Paul George, right? I mean, that was a different mellow. Or Chris Paul and Harden, right? Also a different mellow. But how do you know it's a different mellow? Because he hasn't even spoken about it. Because back then, he wasn't dropped from the league for almost a year. He wasn't completely done dirty by Houston. And, uh, like, he's he's in a different mindset, I feel like. When he talked to Stephen A. Smith on that ESPN exclusive, he seemed like he was ready to accept a decreased role. He was ready to, to just play basketball again. And I feel like that's really all he wants to do. He just wants to play in the NBA. I'd still rather sign Joe Johnson if I'm the Nets. I mean... I don't think they're going to sign any of the people we've said, in all honesty. So who they do you think they sign? Up signing, signing an undrafted free agent. But if they do sign someone, I think it should be Joe Johnson. Yeah, Johnson. Everyone is the hype around Joe Johnson is real right now because of his big three performance. He was the big three MVP. He hit a game. He hit the game winner in the chip right in front of LeBron. Uh, he's worked out for the Nets, 76ers, Pistons, and Bucks, and he averaged 21.9 and 3.9 assists, both of which led the league in the big three. Shot 48.5% from the field and 39% from three. So Joe Johnson obviously still has it in some capacity. Would, would that translate to the NBA? Obviously not, but he still got some in the tank. So another reason why the Nets are short at wing and Joe Johnson and Melo are options even to begin with is uh, Rodion's Kuruks. He was arrested for assaulting his girlfriend, allegedly assaulting his girlfriend, on the night of June 27th. Uh, he apparently also slapped her twice, which got him charged with a misdemeanor. And he also allegedly threatened to kill himself. Um, so if that is true, prayers to Rodion's Kuruks, because that's never great to hear. Um, he was released from bail. I mean, from bail. He was released from jail without bail. And uh, his next hearing is scheduled for October 21st, which is two days before the Nets' uh, home opener at the Barclays. Um, His lawyer is seeking the charges be dismissed, and he called them bogus. And uh, if he was to be found guilty, uh, he'd obviously be suspended by the league. Until his case, I honestly believe that he won't be playing for the Nets until his case is resolved, because I doubt the Nets or the NBA would want that like that type of publicity and him playing and the type of message that that sends to fans and all of that I don't think they would want that out so I really do believe he'll be suspended until this whole case is cleared up but uh yeah Rodion's Karuk's uh not his outlook for next season is not looking too hot right now and uh with that being said we're gonna go to a lighter topic at that um Kevin Durant he did comment 
on uh, the state of the Nets, and it gave some optimism for not only his future, but what he thinks about the young Nets core. He said, I'm excited about this group. He told Chris Henderson on YouTube. Um, he said, obviously, with me not starting off the season being injured, you're going to see a lot of guys step up, do some things, and go to another level as a player. So, what's- so uh, in in the ideal world, do you, do you see it the same way as me that KD sits out until March or whenever we said? The I think Nets I said are, March 2nd or something like that. The Nets are a lower middle seed, as in like six or seven. And they end up around six so that they have an easier path to the playoffs, through the playoffs, and then KD brings them to the finals. Um, I am of that same mindset, and I think it's big. Even though it might be being overlooked by some people, I think it's big that he did say, obviously, with me not starting off the season and not something like, they don't have me for this season, so you know we'll see what happens next year. People are saying it's, it's Bucks, Sixers, Celtics. Like people are saying, oh, the Nets are good, but you know you got to wait for KD to come back. I think KD that, might be back when it matters, and think, they're going to be a playoff team without him. I so. think that KD is of the mindset that he is playing this season. And I think he wants to play this season. I think he wants to prove to people that you know, like, because he's a, a lot of the time labeled as soft. So I feel like he wants to prove to people, like. I got I tore my Achilles in what April May June and I'm back in March not even a whole year so I feel like he will play this season I feel like he thinks he's gonna play this season obviously by this him saying that they're not starting off the season he's not ruling out him not coming back so I think that's great and he also went on to say that um he was asked who do you think is gonna step up the most and he said Karis Joe Harris wow that rhymed Torian Prince even the older guys like Garrett Temple, Kyrie, DeAndre Jordan, he said, I feel like everybody in this environment is going to take a step up, especially due to circumstances with me not being available. I think everybody's going to step up and take it to the next level. We got a great coaching staff, a great front office, great fan base that's excited for something new. And uh, he labeled it as a fresh start for everybody. And I feel like nothing but praise coming from KD. I feel like he's really bought in to this whole Nets Brooklyn thing. And he's he's trying to redeem his reputation because of his warriors decision which i never really hated him oh i despised kd i'm not in that boat because it was the best thing for his career when he retires his rank is way higher than it would have been had he stayed because he made the smart career decision Smart career decision, yes. Smart competitor decision, no. Um, I just feel like you had them down three to one, and you are partly the reason that you couldn't close it because you played like trash. Hey, Jordan and Kobe are the only ones who stuck through it because, in reality, LeBron did the same thing. Hey, don't forget about my man Dirk. Yes, I'm talking about the the goats. Yeah, I mean. Le- LeBron did the same thing. He left when nah, it was getting out. No, no, no. It's different. When and what it's did he different. do? He joined two All-Stars. LeBron didn't go to the Celtics, though. LeBron didn't go to the Spurs. Say that He created a super team. I don't think people have a problem. People don't have a problem with KD going to join a super team. They have a problem with him joining the Warriors, who he should have beat in the Western Conference Finals. 
that's the problem isn't him being on a super team. The problem is that he just went to the team that beat him instead of he took the easy way out is what most people criticize him for. I wouldn't have a problem if he would have went to like the Rockets with Harden or even if he would have went to the Celtics. I wouldn't have a problem. But since he went to the team that That beat him, that would have been a step in front of um, the Nets right now because we probably still would have done the Kyrie trade and we would add Kyrie and KD. And Tatum. Yeah, that's funny. But yeah, no, I, I think I, this is way off topic. But if you guys wanted to know how I felt about KD going to the Warriors, I'm obviously not a big fan. But he's redeemed himself with me coming to the Nets. Um, I feel like he's ready for something new. I feel like he's entering a new chapter in his career. And I feel like it's going to be maybe the best chapter in his career. We'll have to see. But If he stays bought in. He should. As long as nothing crazy goes down, he should stay. He should stay bought in. But with that being said, that is the end of the podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed. Um, the season is we're, we're about in like the mid to the, the late middle of the offseason. We're getting close to regular season. Preseason is coming right up and we'll be here to cover all of it. So make sure you guys stay tuned. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Go listen to us on Dash Radio because this will probably be the first podcast that's really on it. You can look them up at Dash underscore radio or just download the Dash Radio app and look up the Nothing But Net Station. We'll be on there. Um, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating and review. Our reviews are getting read on the podcast. Um, follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets. You can follow me on Twitter at Adams underscore. And you can follow Hunter on Twitter at Hunter underscore JKR. Shout out to Hawaiian House Kona Coffee Company for sponsoring this podcast and every other HoopBall podcast. You can find them at Hi Kona coffee on twitter um it's h-i-k-o-n-a coffee and then you can look them up on amazon buy their products on amazon amazing me hunter have both tried them and we recommend them and uh yeah that'll do it for this episode we'll see you all next time this has been a hoop ball presentation